Hello, fans of For Quality Assurance. How are you? You know, on the last episode, I didn't really get to be emotional because I was trying to get to all those facts. There were so many facts. Oh, my God. This is not an informational... It is supposed to be an informational show, but it's mostly a Michael giggling at dumb animal things. <laughs> Welcome to For Quality Assurance, a small pe- podcast about small pets. And today we're doing part two of Stop Asking Me Annoying Questions. Uh, this episode, again, is about red-eared sliders, but I'm allowed to be more emotional because, you know what, and I have never told this, the show this, but I actually, my, my station here is a little mobile, and so sometimes I'm able to go and look at my little squishy friends. Hello, George. And Dangerfield is up, swimming her laps. This is me, of course, talking to my red-eared slider terrapins. Um, hello, my little squishy friend. Okay. I'm going to do the show about, I know you're hungry. She hasn't eaten today, or I'm not going to tell you her eating schedule, but she loves seeing me. That's Dangerfield. Dangerfield is the female, and George is the male. So let's talk about my red-eared slider terrapins, which if you haven't heard the last episode, go listen to, because um, although it's all over the place in terms of really making a specific, you know, we, we want to have a specific vibe to that episode. That episode is, hey, I'm getting a red-eared slider, or, hey, I own a red-eared slider, and I don't want you to ask me all these myths and rumors about it, and that's how these are all going to be. But this episode is going to be more for the casual pet owner, the person casually interested in pets, the person who doesn't want specifics. This episode is about me and my shell lizard friends. So why do I have uh, red-eared sliders? So... When I was a very, very young boy, before this, this is not getting these turtles, these terrapins. Listen to the last episode. Uh, these are, uh, if you don't know, if you didn't listen to the last episode, these are what are commonly called Chinatown turtles. It's a degrading term that sort of refers to the trafficking of them. I don't like saying it. Um, but they are water terrapins. They live in an, uh, an aquarium, and they have little faces, and they're called red ears because... Uh, reptiles do have ears, but that they don't really have red ears. Um, they have uh, a sort of distinctive red swoop right by behind their eye on their head where we would have an ear. So that's why they're called red, red ear sliders. Um, and one last myth that we skipped on the last one, they're not box turtles. I know I missed that on the last one, and I'm sort of remiss to say it. I don't know why. Box turtles are a really cool creature. Um, and these are, these are cool, but the box turtle has this crazy feature where it can literally close its shell. Like, it's, like, like I didn't, when I first heard of a box turtle, I was just blown out of the water. I thought that was something only people drew and only people made fun of in, like, Looney Tunes. Like, the idea that the turtle, like, could completely close itself like a, like a, like a plane. Like, like a car. I mean, it's it's fantastic. You, more secure, than, more like a plane, more secure than a car. Um, you should go look up box turtles because they can completely cover their head in shells. Unlike, um, I guess they're called box tortoises. Again, this use of the word turtle is very general. It doesn't mean too much. Um, but uh, it is amazing. You, sh- you should look, you should look uh, them up. But these are terrapins. They will, if they can, also squeeze their head into their body. They will pull their little neck and arms back. Um, so why, Michael, do you have these animals? So when I was very, very little, I had 
tortoises. I think I was maybe eight or nine. My parents, and uh, I wanted a, a pet, you know. Um, I am allergic to dogs, which is a fun fact. I am allergic to cats as well, but um, for some reason, my cat, uh, you know, this is a fact that I like to share with people, even though it's supposed to be emotional. You know, uh, I think it's two out of five cat owners are allergic to cats. So my cat tolerance will waver depending on how much time I spend with a cat. If I see a cat even every week, uh, you know, if a friend has a cat, uh, I am fine with that cat uh, as long as I see it often. I will adjust to it. So, but we didn't know that at the time. My family's not really a, a furry friend family in terms of being able to take care of them. So I wanted a pet. So we got these tortoises. We had to drive pretty far to get them, you know. Uh, you have to appreciate that even though, um, you know, on this show, we don't really take sides politically because it is a journalism show. But this is a show about emotions. So, and it's always about stories is really what the show is about. It's about the stories of pets. And you have to appreciate that in the 90s when, when, when uh, I was getting these pets in the late 90s, uh, um, there was this dichotomy between big pet stores and small pet stores that there isn't really anymore. You know, the big stores really won out in the early aughts. Between like 2003 and 2008, that battle was fought and done. But before that, like pet stores were, 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 were cool and scary in that good way, some of them, and, and some incredibly friendly and, 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 and strange and unique. It's, you know, we often talk about the battle between uh, big bookstores and small bookstores, uh, but we don't often talk about the, the battle between big pet stores and small pet stores because it becomes more of an issue of the animals, which is great. But if you're as a consumer, and again, we have to talk about the emotional side of it, you know, uh, for me, there was this both incredibly scary and incredibly, I mean, scary not just to a kid, like, and not just scary in a good way, but, but also, like, there were some scary pet stores. Like, if you're probably under the age of 16 listening to this show right now, you, you, you really, it's a very rare you were a part of this world, but, like, there were weird pet stores. There was, like, some weird couple that, in, in every town that owned, like, the weirdest pet store. And so it was either the coolest place in the world, like, you would go in there and, like, they would own, like, crazy lizards and they'd be the coolest people ever, ever. Or it was like, oh, I don't know, like, this could be a Twilight Zone where that lizard next to the register is actually who is running the store. <laughs> like, it was so weird. And there were scary pet stores and there weren't big pet stores. The idea that you would find a pet coat even in the early 90s, like, in every town or in, on every highway wasn't so solidified yet, you know. There were a lot of mergers that happened. There were a lot of small, big guys that fell off along the way. Um, you, you know, it's a model that was not just immune to the bookstores and to the, the uh, office supply companies um, and to the computer stores. This was also happening in the pet store world at the time. Um, so we had to drive to get the, these tortoises, I think, somewhere in New York to really find a pet store that we... The other side of it, too, is with exotics... Uh, which most of my pets are, they're uh, classified as exotics. Exotics have a very strange dynamic to them. One, they're prohibitive cost-wise. Um, 
So not extremely prohibitive, depending on the exotic, but you cannot own a chinchilla without having a fairly large cage. A chinchilla is not going to be cheap. A chinchilla is not going to be under $50, which there are many great pets that are under $50. Um, you know, most people would tell you that the best pets uh, for the ones that we have our problems with are adopted. Um, as someone who's adopted, it's a very satisfying feeling. Um, we will get to me adopting uh, animals in the future. But, uh, so we got these tortoises. I t we had a tank. We had a light thing. We had a thing. Uh, we had a, a, a terrarium for them. They were absolutely perfect in where they lived. The right amount of space. We looked it all up. We did the whole thing. And another aspect of this that, you know, doesn't get brought up a lot is the pet store owner that has had those pets for years and sells you a pet that is sick. And as it turned out, we were sold uh, two pets that, 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 were, that were quite sick. Um, and, you know, it's very difficult. Uh, I've talked about this before, but people don't appreciate with dogs and cats. One of the things that is both good and bad about it is you feel as though this sense of inheriting it from your parents, that they had cats, and so I understand it. But, you know, farms, the, 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 the science of farms, and even though now farms are getting to the point where, you know, farmers are able to go to, like, college and uh, have awesome degrees and know every single piece of biology going into their farms, we, for years, many farms, before the age of information, relied on the fact that this was just, that they had just, you know, used almost natural selection for their process of taking care of animals. That, that their very lives depended on being right about whether an animal was sick or whether an animal w would live or how to treat a certain illness. So with cats and dogs, you sort of see a microcosm of that where you take for granted that you know when a dog is sick, that you know what a sick dog looks like. And for us, it happened very quickly that they started to show signs of health problems. Um, and we didn't, we probably might not have been able to see subtle things early on. Again, I had books. This was the 90s. I, as a kid, read like three books on turtles, on tortoises. And these tortoises were, I mean, some of them didn't even make sense. There was like, you know, this was this world of niches before, before, before the, the, the late thousands and, and now super into the teens. Like, it is... It was not this age of information. It was not this age of, of getting things. It was the age of niches. It was your online forum. You know, you didn't go to Reddit. Your online forum was just for the thing you wanted to. They would build entire websites, and they still do. I'm not being like, I'm not being like, you don't remember. But it was, it was niche to the point of being difficult. It's not niche today where it's like a good niche. Like, let's build, and it was also harder to build a website, so it was more ridiculous. Yeah, you can, you can build a website after each of your toenails, and it's that's not too much work, but um, the idea that 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 there were there were all these niches, small bookstores, small pet stores, and it was not as everyone wants to paint it. I know it sounds like I'm painting this wonderful world of uniqueness. It was difficult. I read three books. I think one of them on how to take care of tortoises actually applied to the tortoises I had. So <laughs> it became this thing of playing doctor at a certain point, and and. Uh, they were both very sick when we got them. And one of the weird things my parents did, and I never like asked them about it, was like, I found 
Like, so one of them died early on, and I found them. And, like, we dealt with the death thing. And I had had uh, another pet before we had, no, the frog we had to bring back to the store. Or did we? No, we had had dead pets. We had tried, you know, pets that are difficult to take care of, as, 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 as everyone does. And we had gone through and tried stuff. This was over years and years and years. We'd had, we'd had sea monkeys. We had experiences with, with these animals dying and saying, the pet is dead. And I found the first one, and I said, oh, he's, he's dead. And I was sad, and I cried, and I was upset about it. But then when the, or she, but then when the, the, the second one died, they tried to, to lie to me about it. I was like, I already, and I didn't even call them on it. I was like, I know that, I knew the animal was dead. Like, a very weird thing. Again, I recommend as I've always recommended on the show, as I've said very early on, pets are not a way to teach your kids about death, as you can see from that example where that was a teaching moment about death, and it was just bungled. So th do not use these animals' lives to teach anything about death. You know how you teach about death? Tell someone about death. <laughs> Don't. Or, you know what? They'll figure it out. Uh, so we had those. That, was, that, that lasted a very short amount of time. Again... Sad world of, of, of maybe scamming, maybe not scamming. Who knows? Um, but very sad. I was very close to them. For the time I was with them, maybe a, a month or two, I, I did very much love those two tortoises. Then we skip forward to me being in high school. And, I re and I've had fish. I've had fish throughout the year. I've had some great beta fish that I had. I had a beta fish for about four years, three or four years. I had a tetra that... Um, what lived for, um, oh, a pretty good a pretty good amount of time. We took care of that little tetra. That was probably two or three years too. This is all throughout the years. And I just had a fish. I had lots of plants. I'm very into plants. You know, we'll talk about my aqua plant down the line. But I'm very into plants. I love plants. I think they're totally living, and you can totally have this emotion with them. And it's it's a it's a very under talked about caretaking relationship with with plants, and it's, it's, it's fascinated me over the years. My, my room at the time, when I was, when this turtle thing comes up, actually, I had sacrificed almost, and it's like, pretty much there was nothing you could do in my room other than sleep and sit at a desk, um, because I had an entire, almost half of the room dedicated to plants. People, again, and this is sort of thematic of, what happens with the turtles and, and the things that people believe about turtles, but people would give me plants and I would hang on to them for years and I'd go out and I'd get like, I'd ask people if like when they were throwing out planters, I'd like, I'd say, can I, you know, can I keep that? Or I'd, I'd save buckets and stuff. And, and it was, it wasn't ridiculous looking. Like it wasn't like a crazy thing. Like I'm, when I say buckets, I mean like those, those plant buckets that are like, you're supposed to just really transport plants in, but I would save bigger ones and I would grow, I would take, any any time I would eat a fruit, I would take the fruit, uh, the the seed, and try and germinate it. And I did. And I had an apple plant for a while. I had a potato bonsai. I love plants. But we'll get more into that when we get into the to the aqua plant episode. So my room is covered in plants. But I wanted, uh, I, I I sort of said, you know, I should be more serious about uh, getting a pet. I want a pet. And here's where the the sad elements of it come in. I remembered this ordeal of finding pets. And I knew that you couldn't really get, at the time, you know, recently actually, I think like two years ago, even Petco's in areas where you could sell four-inch sliders. And I'm going to name names because that's the one I'm talking about. It's not about, I'm not, when I say Petco, I don't mean 
a pet store in general. I am talking about a policy I know about happening at distribution of animals at Petco. Um, you know, a few, only a few years ago, they started carrying uh, red-eared sliders in, in my area of the country. I, I remember asking them about that, and they, they said they were starting to get them in and that they set up a whole thing. And now they're, they're, they're more common to see a red-eared slider set up, but, but not as common, or a, a water, a water terrapin set up. So I went with a friend to Chinatown. Um, we went uh, looking around. They would keep them like under things, and uh, they would keep like this little, uh, uh, what, 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 what should be a carrying container for a reptile or a, um, yeah, really only a reptile. I think you're supposed to carry in those. But those plastic carrying containers you see, if you don't know, that's not really an aquarium. And there were five or six turtles in there. And I had a tank set up. It was the same tank from when I had uh, my tortoises. It is the same tank I am using now um, for, one, for, for one of my tortoises, for one of my terrapins. We'll get to that. Um, and I looked stuff up before I was there. So we're talking all about before the before moments. I knew I wasn't going to be able to afford a filter right away. I knew I wouldn't be able to, like, you know, I was in high school. I didn't have, like, the cash right away. So someone had gotten me, I looked up, like, you know, what does a filter do? And someone had got me a desk fountain, like, uh, this, this, like, you know, uh, this mini sharper image desk fountain. Someone had gotten me that a few years ago for my birthday. So I love this gift. So, but anything that I love, if I can turn it into something more I love, which would be my terrapins, my redder sliders that I love, I took it and I took the fixture off that would allow the water to flow up into a fancy fashion. And I took the base of it, which I saw was just a water pump. And so then I took that, wa that water pump and I bought from Petco, which was cheap, um, and it was a Petco, I bought a sponge, a bio sponge, and I bought carbon, a bag of carbon, this, 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 this porous, almost a hacky sack of carbon that was used for this very specific filter. And I put it in the back there, and then I put it up against the, the back wall of, of the tank and um, watched water flow through it. And I even put some food, some like fish food I had gotten to let it run through to see that it would catch it, and it did catch it. And that was how I cleaned the tank, and it was a, it worked beautifully. I knew that the 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 the, air, the water pump I already had was a water pump that it wouldn't hurt them or shock them. That it was a good water pump. That it you know it had worked for it was working. I had used it at the time. It wasn't something I pulled out of the closet. Um, I found the right materials and I did it on a on a budget. And I I believe we bought uh, uh, or had a heat lamp at the time. I, no, I definitely still had the heat lamp from. The, the, the tortoises. Um, fluorescent light, we may have also had. I know for a week, I know it broke. I know eventually I ended up having to put money into getting a new one. Um, I know for a week we like, I used like a fluorescent lamp from up in the attic. I was like, oh my God, they don't, they don't have light. They don't have it. What's going to happen? So all of this has, you know, we have the old setup with the lamp and the, the thing and then I, retrofit this water pump to uh, filter water. I have a clean flowing tank at home waiting for them. I go into Chinatown. I buy these turtles for $10 together. That's right. I bought George and 
Bill. Now, you might have remembered the names I said at the beginning of the, the show. Those aren't the same names, so I'm sort of spelling out what's going to happen for you. So George, which is the longest pet I've ever had, is uh, he's eight. He'll be eight this year. Um, but uh, we go and we buy them, and listen, they were the cutest things I have ever seen in my life. They were both the size of maybe two quarters. They were they weren't tiny, tiny. I see those often. They were they were very very cute. George still to this day has like the same pattern. He's a very pretty turtle in terms of his his back pattern. He has like the same pattern that he had when he was a little baby. And George was a little lighter. He was he has a little bit of a yellow tint to him. At one point we even thought he was a painted turtle or a yellow slider, but he's not. He's a regular slider and he's very, very cute. He was small. He was active. He was in my face in this little uh, grungy Chinatown uh, convenience store. And I loved him right away. And he's looking at me now. And I do love you with your little face. Your face is like the size of what you were when you was a baby. Oh, he's so cute. And so I brought them home and I had them probably for my um, senior year of Maybe even more than that. I don't even know. Either way, I, I had them for my last years of, of high school. Um, and they were great. It grew. They actually grew. By the time I went to, uh, by the time I had graduated, they were about, um, not, not, not too much bigger, to be honest. The tank that, that they were in uh, together was was pretty fairly sized and we didn't fill it up all the way um you know they were little so we didn't want it we only did enough which is so cute we only filled it enough so that like if they ever like just because we were worried that like they couldn't get their little heads out of water and so they had a little platform they can crawl up on too but i was so worried that like they wouldn't be able to get their little heads above water to get air <laughs> so it wasn't that filled so they stayed the water was always clean. Um, they ate turtle. They ate, um, don't know if I was feeding them. Sh I think I definitely was feeding them shrimp at the time. But they also would eat, uh, the babies need to eat fresh lettuce. They need to eat fresh vegetables. Um, so they had a baby formula sort of food that would help them grow. And every once in a while they would be offered lettuce, which is very tedious. You have to go in and offer them the lettuce, and then sometimes they eat it, sometimes they won't, and then you have to sort of take it out and pretty much clean the whole tank, uh, you know, once every few days, uh, because it's, you know, other waste that you don't want them to get sick. So I had them for a while. Then I go to school in New York, and I actually kept both, um, no, then I, no, okay, wait, we're going to stay. Then I lived in Boston for a year. And in Boston, they were still little. It was the same setup. They were actually, um, on, I didn't even have a table in Boston, so they lived on the floor. They, um, they, everybody loved them. They were very cute. Uh, and then, but they were still very young. I would say that they were about maybe a year and a half old when I lived in Boston. And Bill, who was named after Bill Hicks from uh, the, the comedian, who is not, if you're a fan of the show and you like the fact that we don't say uh, certain types of language so that it can be an educational show, um... Do not look up Bill Hicks. And, of course, George is named after George Carlin. Now, now sort of self-prophesizing here, Bill Hicks died very young. Uh, he died, died around 30, 37, I think. And um, Bill got an eye infection, 
Um, the first day, we thought it was just maybe he had gotten dry eyes or something else. We put Neosporin on it. Um, he was not doing well. Um, I had called some vets, and they had said pretty much, you know, at that age, there's not a ton we can do. Um, and it wasn't my regular area. It wasn't someone I had been, you know, knew anyone from. And uh, essentially, it was going to be a lot of money to get in the door, which, w which, which really, if I, if I had known it was something, I, I wouldn't have stopped me. But I really just wanted to take him in for a checkup. To, to see what was going on, and, um, uh, you know, he was better, and then worse, and we didn't know if it was an eye infection, and I didn't want to be overdramatic, it wasn't really, you know, they're little, it's another hard part of, of taking care of, of babies, is, is they're, they're, they're little, and so these things that happen, it's not always evident, and he was fairly active, and then it was, you know, just one morning I woke up and it, w it, w it went from just having a little bit of swollen eyes that we were treating and we just sort of, saw, sort of thought it was a cold to one morning I woke up and it was very evident that, he, that Bill was very sick and he was lost a lot of uh, 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 weight very quickly over the course of, I mean, days. And uh, then that was it. And then uh, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill died and I was very sad about it, you know. George was great. George was very healthy, which was the most important thing to me. But it is it is always sad to lose a pet. And um, we buried him illegally in a park. <laughs> um, I don't know what we we dug pretty deep, and we we went and and got like little incense and did a little thing for him. And I was very I was very sad to lose him, you know, because uh, I I had really done everything for him, and, and I I loved I loved Bill quite a bit. He was a very he was very cute. He was much darker. He was almost black, in his in his coloring on his on his body. Um, so, however, let me just tell you at the time what still the option was. So there was a store down the street from me that when I lived in Boston that was very much one of those one of the Boston is one of those towns where it's like. No, we're still going to be, no, nuts to you. We're still going to be weird. Don't you tell us we don't have small bookstores and small pet stores. We're, we're going to be weirdos. <laughs> and so there was a pet store down there. I liked visiting the pet store. It was a, and I liked hanging out in it. And I would talk to the, the guy who ran it. But it was a weird store. <laughs> and they had turtles in the back. That I guess a lot of people had complained about because there was a sign on the door that said, um, if you think any of these pets, it was very aggressive. And I'm like, I'm trying to read it in the way the font was written because it was written in Sharpie because that's what weird stores do. They write signs to you in Sharpie. Even though we have a printer, we're going to write it to you in Sharpie and do little weird things. To, like, we're actually going to take time with the Sharpie drawing picture sign thing. And it said, if you feel these animals are, you know, in some way in bad condition, like, call this number. Like, don't tell me. So there was one side of it, too, where it's like every dummy that doesn't know something about pets coming into your store and telling you, like, well, this is abuse. Uh, but on the other side, they were in – I mean, I never saw Dirty Water. I never saw – it was one of the better pet stores in terms of seeing healthy animals. Like, they all looked healthy, so I don't know that I knew it. But there was, like – I think the convention that he thought was that, like, if you can keep the water clean enough, you can keep a bunch of turtles in a tank or – 
if it's a move over rate, uh, you know, in other words, that you only are getting the turtles in because someone is, you know, it wasn't my business. I never asked, especially because of the aggressive sign. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was not going to get a big turtle. And there was a real risk at the time of getting a bigger turtle and it attacking uh, George, who was very much still a baby. Um, so we went to Boston's Chinatown. And it was a lot harder in Boston's Chinatown because Boston's Chinatown is sort of, uh, yes, there is an Asian population there, but um, it's not like New York or L.A.'s Chinatown. Um, or I don't know if this is true about L.A. I'll say it's not like New York's Chinatown, where that Chinatown springs out of the fact that uh, uh, Chinese people, uh, sort of being treated like crap by the government, moved into this area. And um, uh, then it became, they, you know, they would do things like make their signs in Asian. They would really just treat it like their own. You know, as New York immigrants are wont to do, they'll they'll the sign is for other people that 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 speak my language. I don't have to put it in English, and it's it's great. Um, and the area is Chinese because it is Chinese. You know, naturally because of immigration. But in Boston Chinatown, there is sort of a fake facade of it being a Chinatown. It is sort of there is a Chinese community there, but there is this uh, big sector of it that is sort of like made more Chinesey looking and I say Chinesey and if that sounds hateful it's a little hateful it's so it's 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 not me hating Chinese people it's me hating on the idea that like you know putting up these things that are like from ancient China or you know different gates and things like that and weird uh, forbidden city type of architecture that that is so somehow Im important and I don't know that it might have been important so that the as a sort of mea culpa to niceify an area of the city I have no, I have no way of knowing. But at the same time, it was very much. Uh, is that me saying like, yes, yeah, it's just Chinesey stuff? Yeah, they put up this stuff that looks like gates from the from the Forbidden City and architecture from the Forbidden City. It's not. It's very painted and polished and clearly maintained by the city. So we went there, and I got Dangerfield, who was also adorable, uh, even though Chinatown is. So the reason I explain that is because. Uh, it was not like, you know, in Chinatown, there's also a large contingent of, uh, in New York City, like, faux bags and, like, people selling you fake watches and people that will uh, rob someone if you want. Um, not That's not a Chinese thing. That's just some of the criminals hang out around there and there's some not-so-great enterprises. So the idea that the shop clerk has adorable turtles that you can buy from him in Chinatown is actually, in New York's Chinatown, is actually pretty uninsidious. Uh, Boston's Chinatown is not quite that way. It is a little cleaned up, but we did because someone had told us. I was not being racist and saying, well, why don't we just go to Chinatown? Someone had said, no, they definitely do sell them up there as well. Um, so uh, we go. We had to hunt. We had to go into a lot of stores. Some places really didn't even want to talk to us about it because I guess they, they were like, no, we don't, we don't do that. Like It was a very clean uh, in terms of uh, crime activity kind of environment finally found one. It was worse conditions than the first one because they were, as far as I could tell, feeding Dangerfield styrofoam. Um, and I don't know if this was like a tactic that they had heard that like, oh, because turtles are so hardy, if you feed them styrofoam, they'll think they're full and they won't like try and eat each other. <laughs> I don't know. Got Dangerfield. Then I move to go to college in New York. My parents live in New Jersey. The tank with Dangerfield and George throughout most of my college lives at home. I buy an automatic feeder 
I buy a significant filter, much bigger than what is recommended for the tank size. I essentially bought the biggest filter I knew that the motor wouldn't like shake the tank. And essentially what this meant was that once a month, or I would, and when I had time, once every two weeks, I would, you know, from New York to New Jersey, I could do it without my parents even really needing to know I was there. Um, I would go and uh, pop in, make sure they were okay, make sure, like, make sh- see the feeder work once for that day. You know, I would try to show up at the time that it was scheduled, see them eat, feed them, handle them a little, tell them how cute they are, and go back to school. Uh, they grew in those years a, a good amount, um, but not a huge amount. And this is where the mythos of Michael as the pet man comes around. Because when I would live at home for the summers when the dorms were closed, um, they would grow infinitely. And they were getting the same. I wouldn't even turn the automatic filter off when I was home because I wanted to see that it was working. But they would grow, and they got so much bigger. And they eventually were, by the time they moved in with me at the end of college, um, about, about at what you would want to buy them at, three to four inches uh, uh, long. But not that big still. Still very little and very cute. I'd say three inches on a very good day when I moved them there. Um, and then I moved them with me into my apartment, and we were great for a bunch, for a bunch, a bunch of years, and it was good, and they were happy. I was, you know, using the same tank and, and, and really only compensating by trying to fill the water up more to the point where they wouldn't get curious um, about climbing over because turtles are very explorative. They are very, very explorative. They will climb out and, and around and uh, they just like that. So um, we are actually, this is amazing. I did not think this was going to happen. I don't like to make this podcast longer than a half an hour. So we are going to say goodbye for this week, and I'm going to have to finish this story uh, next week because there is so much more. Um, okay, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Listen in next week to really hear my journey with my turtles. And just as a spoiler alert, they, 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 these turtles do live on. They are, they are the turtles I have now, but we'll go through the next years of their lives in the next one. I hope people like this. I hope people, you know, I think... Hearing these stories about a unique small pet sort of gives people uh, uh, hope that they can own a small pet, that it isn't that hard, that it isn't that ridiculous, that it isn't that strange of a thing. Um, so we'll see you next week.